Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mitch Steffen. He's a real estate educator. Uh, He is an author of three books called My Life and 1000 Houses. His website is 1000houses.com. Welcome to the show, Mitch. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate being here, uh, Jordan. It's a great, great uh, honor to be here because you're such a well-known guy. I feel I feel privileged to be on your show. Well, you're a well-known guy in the real estate circles as well. So we're going to get into more detail, but just kind of give me the overall story of how you got from where you were to, to having bought all these homes and kind of learned how to do the whole real estate market. Just kind of give me the overview. Um, I failed at everything else, and this was the last thing left, and I got lucky, and I made it. So, (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I I actually, um, you know, was told somewhere or thought somewhere, uh, well, not even that. I wanted to own my own place. So when I left home, I bought my own place, but I didn't want to rent. I wanted to own. And then that place got too small, or I wanted a bigger place, and something came up down the street that was two bedrooms, not just one bedroom. I bought a one-bedroom condo. So I bought a two-bedroom, two-bath condo and then shortly figured out that if I could rent out my one-bedroom and rent out the second bedroom in my second place, that I would live for free or even make 50 bucks a month, you know, on paper. And and that's when the idea of rental property hit me. I actually did it on accident. And then um, one day I decided to sell everything so I could get a real house and I sold both of my places and made more money in, on that one sale. I mean, on that, on the, you know, the sale of those two things in about one month than I made in two years on my job. And I thought, yeah. I think I need to look into this. Okay. So real estate people think of as kind of cyclical and it has good periods and bad periods. It's had a very good period recently. Some people think it's going into a bad period where home sales have been slowing down. Mortgage rates have been rising. Why can somebody do real estate no matter what's happening in the economy? Well, the real estate investing business, depending on what what model you're in, booms in the recession. I, I buy my houses. This is the only strategy I know that really booms in a recession unless you're financially um, you know, independent or over the top. Um, I can explain it to you because – you know, what happens when, when a recession hits? When a recession hits, can we agree that the banks close, they quit loaning yes. money? make okay. it very difficult to borrow. Yeah, right. so I, I, have all, I have all private money. I function off of private money because I learned this a long time ago. The banks were too fickle. They wanted too much. They only wanted to loan me money if I had money. They never wanted to take a calculated risk based on anything that wouldn't fit in their box. So I went out and I found you know, $14 million worth of private people over a 22-year career, and I buy my houses with private money. I don't need the bank's permission to buy anything. What happens to the prices of houses when banks stop loaning in a recession? The prices fall, right? Right. So in the recession, the prices fall uh, because they're not. the banks aren't loaning money to anyone to buy a house. There's less money out there to buy houses. And But since I have private money, I don't need the bank's money to buy the house at the low price. But here's the kicker. I sell my houses with owner financing. I sell my houses and I ask for a down payment from my buyer and I make them 20, 25, 30 years payments. And now my buyer doesn't even need a bank to buy my house. So in the recession, I, my, my strategy booms because I don't need a bank to buy houses. And, and my buyer doesn't need a bank to buy my house. I'm the only guy open on both ends in the middle of a recession. Meaning you've got a portfolio of many houses on which you have mortgages, and you're receiving mo- regular monthly payments on a whole portfolio of houses. Yes, hundreds upon hundreds, um, because I've been doing it for 22 years. And because I'm not a landlord, I don't get any phone calls. About, I'm the bank. I mean, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you have a, a mortgage payment and you're, you're making a payment on your house versus rent, I want you to call your mortgage company and tell them that your air conditioner's broke and I want you to take note about what they say. 
They're not going to be too interested. <laughs> they're not going to send anyone over to fix anything. So, you know, here I am just collecting pure cash flow and not having any maintenance issues or any broken toilet calls in the middle of the night. And that's why that's one of the other reasons why I like the business. I just take all that property management energy and I just go find more houses. Yeah. So who is this right for? Who is the, the right kind of person? And, and we'll talk a little bit about the courses you offer, but who is this the right strategy to try to emulate what you've done? Well, if you're talking about, yeah, to try to emulate, you know, you have to be in a market where there's affordable houses, or you have to be willing to set up shop in a market that has affordable houses. Like if you live in Los Angeles, I mean, owner finance houses, it, it can work in multi-million dollar properties, and I've seen it work, and I, or in million dollar properties. I've seen it work. It will work, um, but it works best when you can trade the rent payment for a principal interest taxes and insurance payment, and that works best in houses under $250,000 in value. Yeah, because the buyer is getting something for their money instead of just paying rent where they're not getting any equity over time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, you know, people try, I can sell over the market. I can sell a house. I can sell a fixer upper. I can sell anything I want to because I'm the underwriter. I'm the guy who approves the buyer and, and the buyer approves the house. You know, I can sell a house that has a hole in the roof the size of a kitchen table. Everything for a price, right? If I buy yeah. a house for 20 and I want to owner finance it for 40, you fix it. And after you fix it and put, you know, 10 or 15 or 20,000 into it, it's worth 100. Then so I can sell houses that are in need of major repair cuz I'm the lender and the buyer is the underwriter as to whether the house is you know what it is or not. So Yeah. So do you you buy houses all over the country or do you buy them locally where you can actually see what's happening in the in the property? I buy houses in my hometown and in surrounding areas. I don't like to travel more than about an hour and a half uh, at the very most. Um, but the main reason I do that, Jordan, is because I function completely off of private people's money. Most of my investors are over 65. Most of them are in their 70s or their early 80s. I have a vast amount of their wealth tied up by now because a lot of these people have been with me for a decade and a half or, or longer. And I've got to be someplace close in case there's a debacle or a financial uh, national meltdown. I want to keep these things close so that I can defend everybody and myself with vigor and be right there. If I'm spread out all over the country, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to be much help to anybody. Because some people in the real estate market say it doesn't matter. They don't even see the houses. They're all over the country. They don't even th think you have to visit them. You, you don't agree with that? Well, it depends. I mean, if they have their own bank loans and and, and they want to take that risk, or if they have um, if they have some boots on the ground there. But if you buy, you know, every state, even every city has different rules, and and it's hard to navigate all these rules, especially if you have to move fast and to know the rules of every different state. The biggest problem is the foreclosure process in every state. If someone doesn't make their mortgage payment, there's a lot of states I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole because you just simply can't get a person out of a house if they don't want to go, i.e. Florida, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, places that have judicial foreclosures where you got to first book a time to get in front of a judge which during a recession can be a long time out. It could be six months in between the time that you can uh, ask for an appointment and then actually get one because the dockets fill up when there's a lot of chaos. Yeah. And, and so I, I like flyover states. Flyover states seem to have the most reasonable, um, reasonable uh, uh, laws when it comes to foreclosure. I like non-judicial foreclosure. So um, in Texas, where you are, it's relatively easy to foreclose, is what you're saying? Yeah, Texas, Georgia, Mississippi, you know, 45 days. And so uh, you have this huge portfolio of houses. How many have you had to foreclose on over the years? You know, it used to average about 
um, 10%, and then in the recession, it went up to about 17%. But I got a whole lot better at underwriting. And in the, if I don't know if you recall this, but in the last recession, they moved the credit score bar up from 580, I think, to 680. And a whole new caliber of owner finance customers became available to me. You know, it used to be if you had a 580 score and could fog a mirror and weren't afraid to lie to the government about stated income, you could get a, you know, a federal government loan. Yeah. And and so I was getting the very bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. And that's not the case anymore. So your, your foreclosure rate has gone down because you're, right you're underwriting. Right now, in the last five years, my, for, my foreclosure rate is 0.08%. Because you're under, you're underwriting to better qualified people, that's half of it. The half of it is is we're in a boom time too. It's it, you know that this economy's been coming up for the last five six years, and everybody's got a job, and everybody's happy, and everything's going good. Plus, I learned to underwrite better. I'm averaging nine days on the market. I'm averaging uh, four contracts per house, and I'm averaging twelve percent down. Wow, that's pretty amazing numbers. <laughs> Well, it's not by accident, and I don't think you just walk out there and get that done. I mean, I'm, I am a professional. I've been doing this for 22 years and probably going on 2,000. My, you know, somewhere in the very near future is my 2,000th owner finance transaction. I mean, I, I, I've got it down to a science, and I, I know what works and what doesn't work, and I've learned to just wait for the right person for the house and not take the first person. Yes. Very good. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mitch Steffen. He's a real estate educator. Uh, he has a website called 1000houses.com. Uh, he also does a podcast called RE Investor Summit, which you can see at reinvestorsummit.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We've all been there. Struggling to keep up with credit card payments? Searching for a simpler, safer way out of debt? Well, here it is. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a nonprofit service that has been helping people reduce or eliminate their credit card debt for over 20 years. Most of us have made late payments and even gone over our credit limits. Before we know it, our balances are out of control and we can barely afford to make the minimum payments. If this sounds familiar and you're ready to take control of your debts, call Cambridge right away at 1-800-897-2200 for a debt-free analysis. Cambridge will work with your creditors and may be able to reduce your interest rates and get you out of debt fast. In fact, Cambridge's typical debt management clients save almost $150 every month on their credit card payments, and they're debt-free in just 50 months. So there is a simpler, safer way out of debt, and it all starts with Cambridge Credit Counseling. Call 1-800-897-2200 for your free debt analysis. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a Massachusetts-based nonprofit agency providing services nationwide. For complete licensing information, Visit them online at cambridge-credit.org. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mitch Steven. He is a real estate educator. He's bought almost 2,000 houses. Uh, his website is 1000houses.com. He also does a podcast called RE Investor Summit, which you can see at reinvestorsummit.com. He's also authored three books, 
the My Life and 1,000 Houses series of books. Welcome back to the show, Mitch. Hey, I'm, we're back. I'm so happy. So let's talk about the buying side a little bit. So one of your books is called 200 Plus Ways to, Bind, to Find Bargain Properties. So we won't go through all 200, but just give us a sense of <laughs> what are some of the ways that you can find houses uh, that you can get good deals on. Well, you know, um, a, a lot of people think because the markets are hot right now and housing prices were you know, going up and people were getting multiple offers in the MLS uh, the minute they posted them, um, that my business would be suffering. Now, while I will admit it's been some of the toughest years to find bargain properties uh, that I've seen, I still bought just about 100 houses last year at um, 58% um, 50% of the value, 58% of the value average. And that happens because I live in the world of chaos. No matter how good the times are, there's still drug addiction, death, uh, illness, transfers, divorces, um, health issues. There's, you know, there's always some place where there's chaos and I live in that chaos and I, and I, I'm there to help people try to mitigate their 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 real estate issues before they get zero, before they get nothing. Get them before they get foreclosed upon. Yes, get to them and get them a reasonable offer before they get zeroed out. The problem is most of the time, people that are in very chaotic situations, unfortunately, most of them cause it themselves and they have their head in the sand until three or four or five or 10 days before the ax is going to fall. And there is not much time. So you have to be able to move. Uh, you have to live in the world of chaos and you have to be able to move extremely fast with funding. Okay. So let's, uh, so, so what are some of these are houses that are typically not in the multiple listing service. They're not officially for sale. How do you find people who have chaos that you can help them get out of their real estate situation? You know, we live in this computer age and database age, and there's a certain amount of things that are public information. You know, if you go to your, if your courthouse is computer, your courthouse system is computerized, you can go to the courthouse. I can find out who filed for probate. I can find out who appointed a substitute trustee, which, by the way, is the first indicator that there is a foreclosure pending or about to happen or someone's thinking about it. Um, I can go to find out who's delinquent on their property taxes. I can go to find out who the city sent out to mow the yard because someone's got a house that the grass is getting too high. I can find out, I go, I go to find out where the chaos is and I search that chaos and I start pursuing those people. What What is the normal response from them? I mean, this is an unsolicited call and they're behind in their property taxes or something and they get a call from you. Do they th see you as a, a savior or a vulture? Uh, I've had no answers. I've had hangups. I've had cuss outs and I've had, thank God you called. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a lot of people are in denial and I, I buy my, I buy my houses an average of, of six months after my initial contact with them. Ah, so you have to be persistent. I have to be persistent and I'm, I'm contacting over, um, over, let's see, over about 4,000 people a week, five days a week. So you have a whole team doing this. Yeah, it, there's no way one man could go out and buy 100 houses without a team. Yeah. You know, 100 houses a year. So I've got um, uh, outbound calling rooms. I've got people that specialize in probate. I have people that, I have an acquisition manager that specializes in um, uh, tax property tax delinquencies. I have an acquisition manager that uh, focuses on foreclosure and pre-foreclosure. So I have like three or four people that all their job is to do every day is to wake up and to start contacting people that are showing signs that they might be in real estate trouble. Are you trying to convince them to to sell to you or, or I mean, they're desperate and they're, they're looking for help? Well, really what happens is, and this is a a shift in, in the uh, mindset. Um, I used to go out and try to convince people to sell me their houses. And then it dawned on me, you know, we, 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 I've been in the business 22 years and 
we start to at some point mature, right? Even on every level as a human, hopefully we're growing and we're maturing in different levels all the time. And about eight years ago, I got to this point where I decided I wasn't going to be interested in buying the person's house. I was going to be interested to try to see if I could help them solve their problem and keep their house. And then if they couldn't keep their house or we couldn't figure out anything and, and to sell it was the last option, then I would make them an offer. But my, now I go out to try to help people figure out how to, whatever it is they want to do. Do you want to keep the house? If they say yes, I say, okay, well, let me come out there and tell me what's going on. Maybe I can figure out a way you can keep your house. So no, you can tap people, um, you, you provide the money, you give them a mortgage, they pay off their existing loan, and they get to stay in the house by having a mortgage with you, is what you're saying. No, no. You know, <laughs> I, How do you get them to keep their house then? Well, I mean, maybe there's assets, other assets they can sell. Maybe there's, I mean, a lot of people are just not business savvy or they're just overwhelmed. If they can tell me, I can say, well, look, you've got this over here and you've got it over there. Are those important to you? I noticed you have three cars in your garage. Is, they, is that important? You, common sense is not all that common, especially if someone's under some kind of uh, stress or marital stress or um, health stress. Sometimes yeah. they just don't, they're not thinking. And even if they could come up with the idea, they don't have the energy to consummate the idea. Yeah. And so I just started going out with the idea of, you know, and a lot of them you can't help. Okay. But, um, uh, but at least I, I go there with the heart of, with a heart that says, let me see where this person is. And if there's any way I can get them everything they want or what they want, you know? You buy what you call in the book nuisance homes. What do you mean by a nuisance house? A nuisance, well, a nuisance and abatement is what they call a residential property code violations in my town, nuisance and abatement. The house has become a nuisance to the neighborhood. It's abandoned. It's not being taken care of. The windows are broken. The grass is three feet high, and the bums and the prostitutes are coming in and out all night long. So the city will take it upon themselves to go board up the house or to mow the yard or to pick up the trash, but they send enormous bills and they put um, judgments on those houses for those bills. Uh, and so I'm following those judgments. So, I mean, at that point, the people are probably not living there, right? You have to go find these people. Even if they are living there, they can't take care of, they have problems. Yeah. So that's, that's their problems are your opportunity, basically, is what you're saying. I'm looking for houses with problems or people with problems that own real estate. Uh, now, some of the houses you buy are, you, you call them ugly houses. Um, they've got all kinds of repair issues. That's a, a, something you like? You like the, whether the roof is caving in and the plumbing is horrible? I mean, how well, does that I mean, work for you? You know, um, usually you have to do something to, to, to have an opportunity. Something There's something required of you. And so most of the time, I'm required to take on troubled properties as, an, as a way to make my opportunity profitable. I have to take on all the trouble, foundations, roofs, um, uh, abandonment or, 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 uns, or settling. So I'm an expert at fixing all these things. I know how much they cost to fix. I know how to fix them, or I have people that know how to fix them. And then I know what price to, to offer so that I can get it all done and still make a profit. It's no different than repairing a car. I mean, you can buy a car that's broken, you can fix the engine and sell it for more money than you have in it and make a profit. It's the same, so, I just do it with houses. So once you've found a house, either it's a nuisance house or it's got repair issues, how do you figure out what price you can offer that will still give you a decent profit? Well, I, I'm going to own or finance my houses. So the first thing I look at is what are these houses renting for? And then I have a formula and I back into this house and I know, I, I know what I can offer for it if it's in good condition or fair condition. I know what I can offer and be able to sell this house uh, for about the same monthly payment as rent and make a profit. Now, if it needs repairs, I have to subtract the cost of the repairs off that number. Yeah. So you're looking at a lot of houses. You bought 100 last year, but sometimes the numbers just don't work, you're saying. Um, right now... I look. I, I make offers on about 19 houses to buy one. Ah, they're not accepted because the people aren't buying, or the numbers don't work. Is what you're saying? 
the people don't accept my number. I see. So, but for then, somebody- you know, there's but there's but there's opportunity to there. So I have five or six realtors in my town. They want if they want market price, and and they're willing to wait or gamble that they can sell it before their deadline comes. Then I'll just turn them over to one of uh, my real estate friends, and they'll get the listing. And that's kind of how I repay my realtor friends for turning me on to the investment opportunities, you know, that they come across. I see. So you're getting the leads through all the techniques you talked about. And as you say, you're closing one out of 19. You have a lot of ones that just aren't going to work. The people aren't going to be willing to accept your offer. They want a higher price or there's some reason it won't go through is what you're saying. Well, they're not going to accept it today or this week. So, you know, this week I'll do, but they might come back around. Uh huh. This is where the persistence comes in. Yeah, we we we're, we're like glue, man. I the last month I bought a house that we had first made contact with six years ago. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, you're you're a professionalist. I mean, how can the average person who wants to get into this replicate what you've got? You've got an entire machine going there. Well, everyone I know starts out broke. Everyone I know starts out completely stupid in in the in the realm of real estate investing, and everyone I know, um, you know, usually starts and has to do it part time because they have to have a job and they have to eat. And I don't know anyone who really does it any different. I know some rich people that went out and did it, and they they weren't rich very long, um, you know. So it's about education. When you when you, when you first start out, you are probably going to be a wholesaler. You're probably going to wholesale deals to people like me because you don't have the money and you don't have the expertise. So when you first start out, just like when I first started out, I was a professional deal finder. I was a professional contract writer-upper, if that's a word. I, yes. I, I would find great deals. I would write up a contract that gave me 30 days to buy it. I would try to get houses that were worth 100000 under contract for fifty or 60000 And then I would take my contract and I would run out and I would sell my contract to somebody who was a pro who had the money and make ten dollars or $15,000 so they could take my position in the contract. I would sell them my position in that contract. Yes. And that's how it all starts. I did that. Uh, about 75 times before I bought my first house. Very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mitch Steven. Uh, he is a real estate educator. You can see he's bought lots of homes. His book series is called My Life and 1000 Houses. His website is 1000houses.com. He also does a podcast called the RE Investor Summit at reinvestorsummit.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Looking for an investment option? Consider Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. Secured Real Estate Income Strategies is a real estate-backed option offering investments with a monthly income objective. The goal of the strategy is to lend money to real estate developers. SREIS offers an 8% preferred return per annum, plus a share in any profits. While there is risk, including loss of capital, and you should carefully read the offering circular for full details, 
Secured Real Estate Income Strategy screens each real estate loan carefully. Call 888-444-2102 or visit securedrealestatefunds.com to learn more. 888-444-2102. Jordan Goodman is an advisor to and part owner in Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. This does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities. Securities offered through North Capital Private Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mitch Steven. Uh, he is a real estate educator. He's done several books about real estate. He has a whole business doing it. His website is 1000houses.com. He's also the uh, uh, podcaster at reinvestorsummit.com. Welcome back to the show, Mitch. How are you doing today? So we talked about the buying side, buying kind of nuisance properties and, as you call it, chaos properties, basically. So now let's flip to the other side. So you bought these homes. So what are the different strategies you use to sell them? Well, I mean, some, like, like um, last year out of a – 100 houses, I, I wholesaled two of them uh, just because. I retailed 24 of them. And then I um, owner-financed uh, about 30, what is that, 30, 34 of them. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I'm not 34, uh, uh, 64 of them, 64 of them. So when you, um, when you buy a house, you kind of let the house tell you, what 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 it what it is? It's like kind of like the house whisperer. The house will tell you what to do with it. If you know your area, you know the culture, your people, you know the culture of the town, and you just so. But most of the time, I'm looking for houses that I can buy with OPM or other people's money, and I can sell with owner financing. Uh, Meaning, you don't have your own money tied up either direction. No, and my you know my lenders they they allow me to sell the house on payments but not pay them off. So my buyer gives me a down payment, sends me say eight hundred and fifty a month, and then I got to send um, four hundred dollars a month to my to my lender, and I keep the difference. So I'm out there and I'm advertising very untraditionally. I don't use realtors per se. I I put out twenty signs around the neighborhood and one sign in the front yard. And I have them call a recorded message that tells them everything about the house. But that phone number that they're calling, it captures their cell phone number. And right now, in every cell phone number that I have out on my houses, every cell phone number is attached to a text distribution list. So once I've captured all these numbers, I can text the callers at will. So right now I have 8,786 people that have called my signs that have not elected to um, jump off my list or opt out. Uh-huh. Every, month, every month on the 1st, I send everyone a text that says, if you're no longer interested in an owner-financed home, please reply with the word stop and you'll be removed. Despite that, I still have 8,700 and some odd people right now in my phone that I can text to let them know the next time I have a new house come into my inventory. So they're looking for a house. Those are people, those are potential buyers. It's the American dream, my friend. Everyone would, almost everyone would rather own a house than pay rent, especially if if the payment per month was about the same. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, you're getting multiple offers for homes then when you get a new one? Yeah, because I've learned to, I've learned to, um, you know, technology has been so great in this department for me. It's really changed. My houses used to hang around about a month to 36 days. Now they hang around about nine days because I'm able to stay in touch and target and be able to communicate with thousands of people who are interested in my product, in their direct hits, their bullseyes right between the eyes. These people have called my signs 
and they are not electing to opt out when I when I ask them to. Yep. So they're hanging tough. They're they're showing me they're serious, and it costs me two cents per person in the text. So you know it costs me nothing yep. to hit a hundred people, or hit two thousand people, or hit eight thousand people. Are you selling are, the houses as is, or do you have to fix them up before you're going to sell them if there's you know repairs needed? You know the more expensive houses I have found probably need to be fixed up because people at that income level. Um, don't want to do blue collar work and fix their own house. They just want to move in. They're busy. Uh, they have careers uh, in lesser parts of town. Um, I find that a lot of people can't afford a lot of house, but they can buy a house that needs work and they can make it into what they want over time. So um, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. And that's where I was saying, you got to let the house and the neighborhood talk to you a little bit, tell you yeah. what it needs. So that's kind of briefly the sell side, and you go into this in more detail in your book. There's another side, which is the passive income side, where you get people to invest money providing the owner financing. What kind of returns are you offering to people, and what what are the deals that you offer to people who want to invest money and and not effort? Well, a a lot of people say, you know, I want to be in the house business, and when they figure out that it's a real – it's a real job. I mean, I have a job. I, I work at this every day. Um, it, I've got it to where it runs uh, pretty passively for me after 22 years and a lot of trial and error. But most people um, will quickly learn that buying and selling houses is, is a, it's an occupation, not yeah. an investment strategy per se. Now, if you want to be passive, then you can simply loan your money against real estate. Like, I never let my private lenders in over 65% of what I can sell that house for at the time of the loan. So, um, and I average 58%. So if I if I can own or finance a house for 100,000, I average borrowing 58,000 from my lender. And I give that lender a first lien position from the title company on that house. So that if I do not pay him as agreed, which by the way has never happened, knock on wood, so far to date. But if, if, if it happened that I couldn't or didn't pay on time, then he would get a $100,000 house for that $58,000 loan, you know, in place of that loan. So it's relatively risk averse. Um, you know, you can't ever guarantee or promise anything's uh, a, a fully safe because that's A, against the law, and B, common sense, anything can happen. But you know, when you look at investing $58,000 in the stock market, if it goes down or goes away, that company goes away, there's nothing to do about it. You have a yeah. piece of paper that's not worth the ink that's used to print on it. Um, in this business, you can loan money to investors like myself. And if you don't get paid, you're going to get a real piece of tangible property that's got to be worth something. Yeah. What kind of interest rates do people tend to earn? on what they're, if they're doing private money lending for you? I don't know, you know, I'll speak for myself. I, I give, I pay people between six and 8%. And the difference is if you're only, if you're loaning 50% or less of the value, then that's a 6% deal. Cause it's, it's really, really, really padded. I mean, it's, it's about as risk averse as I think a person could ask for. If you're loaning between 50 and 65%, which 65% is my optimal level, then I pay eight. And I think I think that's a fair price for both sides um, to make a solid six or 8% return on your money and not have to live by a ticker tape uh, every morning wondering what's going to happen. Um, I think that's reasonably reasonably fair. Especially and what is the amount? The amount that the minimum amount to lend that you you, uh, you know require. I just did uh, six or seven houses last week, the least expensive um, property. I say houses, property. Sometimes I buy raw lands, mobile home lots. I buy anything real estate related that I can see there's a margin in that I can capitalize off of. Um, the least expensive uh, last week was twenty six thousand, and the most expensive was eighty eight thousand. I see. So as, as far as the amount of financing, it's that full 88000 or 26000 Is that right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I, I sometimes I buy houses that I need 200000 but that's not, you know, 
I don't like to get uh, a lot going on in the more expensive houses in my town. I like to stay in the bread and butter houses. You know, the, the uh, what do you say, Walmart houses for Walmart people. I just try to stay with the common man. Like, because yeah. my thought is, the day that these common little three-bedroom houses are not worth anything, is that your, your money wasn't worth anything a long time ago. We're picking up guns. We're going somewhere. The day that yes. these little houses in my town are worth zero, we got bigger problems than, than what your investment plan is. So it's a solid – the blue collar tend to be more solid than the, the luxury, the higher-end run into tr- trouble before these kind of houses. Well, do I mean, one of the indicators of a slowing housing market is the upper echelon houses sales start to decline. They're the first ones to decline. Yeah. You know, the people, you know, the, the, the rich, the richest of the rich probably won't be affected much at all, even though their house prices might go up, values might go up or down. The upper class uh, can can move down the chain and sell their sell their more expensive stuff and move into the middle class. And the middle class can double up and share a house with, with some other people in, in the lower class. But the day that all the lower class moves out, we got bigger problems than what what's the price of your house. You know, <laughs> yes. so I think if I stay in the middle to the lower middle uh, to the bottom, I'm, I, I feel very comfortable that I can weather almost any storm there. And so what happened like in 2008, 2009, uh, which was the big storm? What, what happened to those houses then? Well, that's I was buying a house a day because all my competition left because most of my competition needed a bank either to buy the house or to sell the house. You know, the buyer needed a bank to buy the house. So all the competition went away. I was buying a house a day and I tie my prices to the rents. So in a recession when no one can buy a house, what happens to rents? If no one's buying a house, then they're renting a house. There's only two choices besides going out in the street under a bridge, you know? Yeah. So so if you're either buying or you're renting. And so in the in the recession when no one can buy a house because the banks aren't loaning or or less people can buy a house, there's a lot of pressure put on rents. So in the recession, I was buying houses at the low of the low. I was selling at the high at the high because when there's a lot of pressure put on rents, the rents increase. The rents increase in a recession. They yeah. don't decrease. The rents increase. Well, my owner finance price is tied to the rents. So I, I had the only appreciating houses in my in the whole state probably because I was owner financing based on rent. Everything else was declining, and I was buying houses for $25,000, $27,000, and I was owner financing them for fifty dollars and $55,000 within 30 days. Wow, amazing. So you're looking forward to another downturn, basically. You know, I, I, I would never pray for a recession just for my monetary gain because a lot of people are going to get hurt during that period of time. So I'm not, I'm not looking or praying for a recession but I'm not afraid of one either. Yeah, very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mitch Steven. He is a real estate educator. Uh, his website is 1000houses.com. He also does a podcast called RE Investor Summit, and his books are called My Life and 1000 Houses. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Attention heroes, current and former firefighters, law enforcement, military, medical, or educational professionals. Heroes can receive rewards averaging over $2,500 when they buy, sell, or refinance a home. Heroes come first. Along with the Homes for Heroes is the nation's largest hero reward program. Their mission is to provide extraordinary savings to heroes who provide extraordinary services to our nation and its communities every day. Learn how 
you can purchase a home for no down payment, no closing costs, and get money back at closing. Find out how you can own for less than you may pay for rent. Get your hero rewards at heroescomefirst.com. That's heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, comefirst.com, 888-437-6114. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mitch Steven. He is a real estate educator. He's bought almost 2,000 houses. Uh, His books are called My Life and 1,000 Houses. His website, 1000houses.com, and his podcast, reinvestorsummit.com. Welcome back to the show, Mitch. Hey, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> so you have different programs. You kind of mentor people in explaining exactly how to do these things and carry it out. Just kind of tell people the different levels uh, and, uh, you know, how, how, and what kind of success you've had in helping people learn, learn these strategies. Well, first of all, I, I never meant to do this. It's just so many people ask me that I, I just decided what how, what would it look like if I quit saying no, I don't have time, and 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 figured out how to do it. So that's when I I wrote the books. People wanted to know how did you do this. I thought, well, I'll write it down one time and I'll publish it, and then when people ask me, I can just I can just give it to them, and I'll get it right, you know, and I'll and I'll give it enough time and enough thought so that it's really accurate, and and meaningful. Otherwise, you know, you just recite stuff off the cuff. Um, so I have an online presence where you can you can buy a couple of courses online on how to raise private money. That's private money changes everything or the art of owner financing. These are courses where I'm basically in an interview style completing the outline of what it takes to run my businesses or what it takes to raise private money and how I look at it and why it's been successful for me. And it's just online and there's no access to me. Okay. But there's always those people that say, how do I get access to you? So I said, strictly in defense of my own time in, in being able to do people justice, I created a weekly coaching call, which is every Tuesday night at Central uh, 7 o'clock Central Standard, Standard Time. And, you know, there'll be between 20 to 40 people on that call. And my goal on that call is to answer every single question. And they're archived and they're recorded. And there's over 500 hours of archived recorded calls with me and my students addressing everything from how do I find the money to how do I sell a note, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, there's always that one person that wants to get a hold of you and be able to put their hands on you. And so I, you know, the one-on-one mentoring, uh, I can do about 10 to 15 people a year because when you call, I am going to answer the phone. It will be me. I'm not subbing you out to some student that did their first 20 houses last year. I'm the guy that's going to answer the phone. The guy with, you know, almost 2,000 houses worth of experience and 22 years of getting his chops kicked in, you know. What, so, what are the prices, price points of the three different levels? You know, the courses are around 1000 to 1500 The um, online coaching is $3,500 for the year, which is almost laughable because I can up just about anybody's game in a short period of time that much. One-on-one, I I first need to have an interview with you because if I don't think you're the right person, I'm not going to take the money from you because it's fifteen grand, and it's a substantial amount of money in anybody's book. And I want to make sure that that 
I'm, I'm dealing with people that are ready for that level. You know, if, if you're not ready, I'll tell you to go down to the group coaching for a little while. Let's find out if this business is for you. You know, let's let's prove to me that you're going to be around in this business for a while because I don't want to take who would be the ideal Who would be the ideal student who could take advantage of what you offer? Well, on the, on the premium level, I, I want people that are already proven doers. They might have... They might have done 20, 25, 30, 40 deals. Last guy I, I, I took on one-on-one for 15000 bucks owned 100 rentals, and he just wanted to know how to switch from being a landlord to, a, to an owner financier. You know, these guys are already proven that they have what it takes. They just want to learn a, a quick jump start to a different strategy and a different set of eyes that do does a slightly different thing, and they're smart enough to know that they're either going to pay the street or they're going to pay someone like me. Yeah. But they're going to pay one way or the other, and they rather pay without the stress and learn from a pro. So, it, it, who? I mean, you you talked a little bit about the students involved here. Just kind of summarize what difference it'll make in people's lives to follow the strategies you've talked about, both in the buying side and the selling side, compared to what they're doing or they're investing in stocks and other kinds of things. Well. Really, what I'm looking for, I'm looking for someone that I can have an impact on their life because it's not about the money as much anymore. I I used to do this for free, but I wasn't getting the emotional reward that I was in it for. I was in it to 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 get people to to ring the bell and say, I just quit my job because I don't need it anymore. You know, I became financially independent, even on a modest level. I, I can take care of myself now. No one can tell me when to get up and when to go to sleep and what to do. I own my life. I, I I'm in control now or more control. Um, So I finally had to start charging to find that person, but I'm in it for the emotional reward of hearing someone say or helping someone go down the road long enough, far enough and successful enough to be able to quit their job or to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. But most of the time, the goal I hear is I want to be independent. I want to be my own man. I want to be able to say when I go and how long I can vacation and how much I can make. I say, okay, let's, let's have a conversation and let's see where you're at and let's start moving forward. And is there a community of your students that help each other with their experiences? Yeah. On the group call, we have it all the time. Uh, there's between, you know, 20 and 40 people on that call on any given Tuesday night. There's probably at least 150 of them that rotate in and out and they're all helping pitch in uh, people need stuff or sometimes they're in the same area and they volunteer to help new guys coming in or it's a very it's a very giving community that that I have that and, and we share we share a lot we share some pretty private moments some, some people good and bad uh, people put their story out on the line and uh, it helps everybody terrific well, that's very very helpful and encouraging to people my guest this hour has been Mitch Steven uh, he is a real estate educator. Uh, you can find out more about him at his website, 1000houses.com. He also does a regular podcast called RE Investor Summit at reinvestorsummit.com. You've been a great guest on the Money As a Show. Thanks so much, Mitch. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate you. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.